Welcome everybody to Rewind in the Middle of Your Home for all things racing with me, Thomas Bennett. And of course with me as always, my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? Oh, what is up? Oh, not much, man. Not much. Just, uh, I mean, chaos, which has basically become the theme of my life, uh, especially here in 2023. So how about you? Uh, uh about, about, about the same, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have a computer problem. Then it just like lingers its way from California to Indiana. And yep. I start to have it. It just, yep. I'm over 2023 so far. Yeah, I, dude, man, you know, and, and my computer problem has been affecting my, my online business, right? With the sim racing and the content and all creation and, you know, the, all that stuff. And then my autoglass business this last week and a half has been an absolute nightmare um with my distributor and them giving me crap products and and them literally delivering my my windshields that I'm ordering for customers and then when they're delivering them they're breaking them and leaving them in my box broken and then the distributors are saying it's my fault it's just it has been one of those it's only thursday and it's been one of those weeks that i just want to forget <laughs> never want to think about it again and it's yeah. not even over and i've got the the second half of this week that the second third of this week is going to be even more chaotic than the first four <laughs> days so it's safe to say that our 2023 has started off about rough. equal or same yes as Haley deegan's 2023 yes. series <laughs> yes has not been favorable so anyways oh we got a great show for you today. We got a bunch of stuff to cover. Um, as you guys know, we had Phoenix this last weekend in the Cup Series. Uh, Outlaws, you know, we had a couple of rainouts with the Spring Showdown last weekend. Uh, so, you know, not a whole lot to cover on that front. I mean, pretty much both late models and sprint cars were rained out, as can definitely happen this time of year. But well, we got a bunch of news in the Cup Series to discuss after this last weekend's race. And we're going to do all of that in today's show. But first, we got to cover, I got to cover in the open today because I, the stuff that I'm hearing from people and people in the media, you know, I don't understand where it's coming from because these are people who are supposedly like NASCAR people, right? They've been around. They've like watched this this series for many a years. And yet, I don't know if it's just because you got to have something to talk about, the headline nature that we live in where it's let's just put up the most ridiculous headline on earth to get clicks and then, you know, we'll just say whatever when they finally get to the video. I, I don't know what it is. But the fact that people are shocked by this last weekend's race at Phoenix in terms of it not being exciting is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. Phoenix has sucked for decades, right? I mean, we we joked about this last weekend, Keith. Damian Murray said it best. When was the last race Phoenix had, was good? Like, what, 1989? You know what I mean? Like, early 90s? Phoenix has not been good in decades. It hasn't. Even when... I was watching my drivers win at that racetrack, right? Even when, you know, Harvick was dominating there and Dale Earnhardt Jr. was winning there, right? Like the guys that I rooted for actively, even when they were winning, they weren't exciting races. They were good because my guy won, but they weren't good because it was good racing. Phoenix has sucked forever, right? I talked about this at nauseum. They reconfigured it. The dog leg sucks. I can't stand it. I've never liked it. Wait, all right, restarts, they get five wide, and then they all funnel down, and then what is it, right? The only reason that this race finished exciting was because we had a couple of late race cautions. Phoenix has been like this forever. All right. And if you thought that the new package was going to fix this, then you obviously don't understand what's one of the biggest things that has been holding this car back when it comes to short track racing. OK, I love the fact that they cut the, the, the spoiler in half for short tracks. I love the fact that they got rid of 30 percent of the downforce. I really do. But NASCAR and the manufacturers and the manufacturers are really, in my opinion, to blame for this 
problem because they cut the RPMs again this year, right? You know, last year they were redlining at like, what was it? 94, 9,500 RPMs. Now they're down to like nine grand. Okay. And this is because of the manufacturers. And all that did was take a problem that was already prevalent last season and make it even more of an issue this season. If you thought that they were shifting a lot when they were redlining at 95, 9,600 RPMs, what do you think they're going to do at 9,000? They're going to shift even more. And you saw it this weekend at Phoenix. They're shifting down the front stretch, up into, up into high gear, and then downshifting into going into turn one. They're in that gear all the way through the corner, and then they're upshifting and downshifting. Dude, that's if you rode around with the driver, that's what you heard them do more than anything was shift. And the shifting can cover up so many issues, right? If you make a bobble or a mistake and kill your momentum, now you just grab a gear and go. And that's the biggest issue, in my opinion. It's not the downforce. It's not the spoiler. It's the shifting. And until you solve that problem, you're not going to have good short track racing. Now, we talked about this before. Phoenix is not a very good judgment of this short track package, right? Once we have Martinsville, and I don't even think Martinsville is going to be any better, right? How much downforce do you really use at Martinsville? Right? Like, come on, give me a break. All right. It's going to be Richmond to me is going to be the real test. When they get to Richmond. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, there are other things that they could do to this car to solve these problems or at least make them make it better, make it harder. All right. You watch the driver's in car camera. Okay. How much more are there, were their hands moving this week at Phoenix compared to last season? Not much more. All right. The car is the car is not as hard to drive as it used to be. Right. And when I say used to be, I'm talking decades ago because it hasn't been hard to drive in a long time. And keep in mind, when I say hard to drive, I'm talking in terms of NASCAR standards. Okay. In terms of NASCAR standards. Yes, this car has been more difficult to drive than the Gen 6 car, but it's still not difficult enough. And until you, in my opinion, until you get rid of the shifting and increase the horsepower or decrease, massively decrease the grip, something. Until you do that, you're going to see the same short track racing we saw last year with this car, except the only difference is, is it's going to be even more prevalent because the manufacturers made it worse with this new RPM cap. All right, so it is now time for Hit or Miss. Keith, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, we got, we got a few topics to cover. So first up, and I just kind of covered this in the open, so now it is your turn to sound off on this, Keith. NASCAR's new short track package was a massive dud at Phoenix this last weekend. Hit or Miss the mark. Um, I think it hits and misses at the same time. Like I, I don't think we need to solely judge it on Phoenix. Judge it off of Phoenix. I yes. mean, Phoenix really isn't a short track. It races damn near like a mile and a half. Yeah. Uh, and I'm in a grants. Like the the OEMs need to either a sit down and get together and raise the RPMs. Because when, when you bobble and you make a mistake and all you have to do is shift out of it, that's that's a fucking problem in my eyes. Yes, it is. That, that's a bigger that. problem. Yeah. yeah. That's a bigger problem than the downforce issues that we had last season. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it's a downforce issue. I think but I, to me, make put I would rather than put that short track package on the mile and a half tracks. <laughs> I would rather see that. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think it actually put on better racing. Yes. And, and I think another thing with it, too, is stop with the PJ1. Yeah. I, th I think that's the biggest issue of it. Because, I mean, we've seen it at Phoenix. Single file around the top. Handful, yep. maybe less, could run the bottom. Yep. Yep. Harvick, that's about it. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, you had Harvick Harvicking. Yes, which, which, which he's always done. 
that, that's yeah. not a secret. He's always been the one guy who could do it. When everybody else was running the middle or the top there, he had Harpic on the bottom. It's one of the reasons he's so great. You know that's I mean? one of the reasons why he didn't want Atlanta turned into what Atlanta is now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I think even then, when we, when they go to Martinsville, I, I don't think we can solely judge it on Martinsville either. No. I think Richmond will be one of the true tests, and Richmond's been – Dang near just as bad as Phoenix, I think. Yeah, it has been. It has been. I'm I'm with you. You can't judge it solely off of Phoenix. Like I said in the open, Phoenix Phoenix is Phoenix. It's been like that. You know, the best race I ever saw at Phoenix was back in the late nineties. Uh what was it, ninety-nine or two thousand or something like that, when I went to the Copper World Classic. And the reason that that was the best racing that I saw there was because you had midgets, you know, USAC midgets running the mile, right? Those cars don't have downforce, you know what I mean? Like they, they were an absolute handful and it was the old configuration. You'd have this stupid open dog leg with the front straight, you know what I mean? Like it was the old configuration. That's the best racing I ever saw at Phoenix. I have not seen a good cup race there, you know, in, in literally decades, decades. So. You can't judge it off of Phoenix. You just can't. And even the Xfinity race, I don't think was that great. No. And usually the Xfinity races are sometimes a tad better than the cup races. They they have been, you know, they have been. And it's just, I find it insane that you can drop down to lower levels and have a car with more horsepower than you have in the cup series. It just boggles my mind, right? That I can yeah. go down and hop in an ARCA car and it will have more horsepower than the NASCAR cup series. That to me is insane. All right. Or, it's just or, ridiculous. Or when you're having truck races that put on better races than the yes, cup series. Exactly. Like, uh, what are we doing here? Yep, exactly. And you know, the thing that, that, drives me nuts and i heard someone commenting about this and talking about this with the manufacturers and they were essentially defending the manufacturers you know decision on the the art lowering the rpms and all that stuff like this and i get it in terms of a cost savings i do understand it i understand their um their thoughts behind the fact that hey look we want to make these cars more like their real world street legal counterparts so that way people you know brand recognition and stuff like that and so they want to have lower horsepower but you guys when was the last time you ever in your entire life heard someone go you know what i'm gonna go buy myself a new toyota camry because i saw them win a cup race right you might have people who were loyal to the brands but not the car themselves and who the hell is buying a car right who the hell is looking at it going, dude, you know, if those cup cars had 800 horsepower, I I don't think I could do that because that's that's not like their real world counterparts. This 670, though, much more in line. They're not a car that they deal. They're not a car that any of the manufacturers sell that has 670 horsepower. Why are we trying to? They're freaking race cars. When was the last time somebody went and bought a Honda because they saw Max Verstappen win? And go, well, you mean to tell me that this thing doesn't have the F1 engine in it? People are not stupid, right? So let's get back to the racing aspect of it. That's the shit that drives me nuts. Like, I understand the brand recognition. I understand all that. I love that. I've talked about it at nauseum. My favorite cars were the old school Thunderbirds and Chevy Luminas. I love those cars. They actually looked like the real world counterparts and the racing was phenomenal and they had a ton of horsepower and they were hard to drive it's my favorite era in nascar love it okay but you did not go down and buy a chevy and then be like well, you mean to tell me this thing doesn't have 800 horsepower in it like what the hell dude like it's what are we doing they're freaking race cars they should be high horsepower they should be hard to drive why do we have to make this so complicated i don't understand it and with all the technology that NASCAR has, why are uh, it just drives me nuts, man? 
just so frustrating because this last week, and maybe it's because my week has just been such shit that everything <laughs> I'm just losing it right now on a little bit of a tirade. But why is it that we have to have the same stupid arguments about packages or and, and we're shocked by it, right? Folks, they've been changing the package on these cars my entire life that I've been watching NASCAR. Always. Back at, you know, when I was a kid, when I was younger, I remember it was like, hey, this week the Fords are going to have a different nose. And everybody complained, and, well, the Fords got more downforce than the Chevys, right? Like, I, it was it was constant. Now these things are basically the same. So you, you can't just judge it off of, off of Phoenix. Relax on that. Like you said, Keith, until we see this thing add some actual short tracks, we're not going to be able to determine this package. And even then, I don't think it's going to make a difference because we're not addressing the real issues with the car. You want to keep 670 horsepower? Fine. Then put some tires on the thing that don't grip, right? Yeah. But you do, well, do something. Take away the grip. You've got to take away the grip somehow. And and I think I circle back to what Kevin Harvick said last year. Put a thousand horsepower in these cars. You can't even I, spin the tires. I mean, yeah. that's a freaking problem. Yeah, you know what I mean? And look, I get it. They don't want to put a thousand horsepower in it. Whatever. Put eight hundred in it. Put I put more in it. Just put more in it, right? You don't want to put more horsepower in it. Okay. Six seventies, the max, whatever. Fine. Groove the tires. I don't know. Get with Goodyear. Have them come up with the harder compound that doesn't grip up. Take the rear spoiler off, right? Get rid of it. Do something to take grip away from these cars. Because if you don't, all right, you're going to see the same stuff that we saw last year on the short tracks. You're going to see people just downshifting and going, overcoming mistakes. You're going to see nothing but single file racing at these tracks. Whoever's out in front is going to be, you know, the, 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 the winner, right? The, the one who just runs away with it because clean air matters so much. And if we could strip away 30% of the downforce, right, like that, right, we just move, remove some strakes, then I take the rear spoiler off. These are professional drivers. They can handle it. They can absolutely handle it. They're going to spend the whole week in the sim getting a feel for it. So take the rear spoilers off. Get rid of the damn things, right? Make the short track package, the new speedway package for the mile and a halfs. Let's do that. And then at the short tracks, let's just get rid of the rear diffuser and let's just take off the rear spoiler. And how about we just lock the gear ratio and say, hey, here's the deal. You can't shift. Once you get to this gear, you can't shift. You've got SMT in the cars. You know what they're doing. You know what they're doing. Come up with the gear ratio that they have to run, and that's it. Lock it. Why is it that we can figure this out, but NASCAR can't? What is, what's the holdup? Where is the disconnect? I don't get it. Who's the ones that's, that's holding this up? Is it the manufacturers? Is it NASCAR? Like this whole new age that we were supposed to see, man, I'm, I'm very worried that we're going to fall right back into what we had the last few years with the Gen 6 car. And then we're going to start seeing a bunch of mile and a half races that all look like Atlanta. Some stupid, yeah. ridiculous, you know, high downforce, low horsepower package that absolutely sucks. The driver's and, just know, running around wide open. Sometimes I wonder that if that's what they really want. They, if that's what they're uh, aiming for. And I, I, it's, sometimes it feels like that. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like that. You know, the, the race that we had at Vegas a couple weeks ago, and we talked about this, I thought the weather, the wind, you know, a lot of that had a lot to do with it. But even if you look at it beforehand, like in qualifying and stuff like that, them guys were just running around there wide open. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, wide, well, they're wide open in qualifying at a mile and a half track. And I think we mentioned this two weeks ago. Auto Club put on the best race so far. Yes. And I think it's going to be hard to beat it. I really I, do. It probably is. It's probably going to be the race of the year. And what sucks is they're going to continue on with the plan to tear it down and build, turn it into a short track when the short track program isn't that great so yeah. far. Yeah. I would. I, I really hope they, they fix it drastically. Mm -hmm. The, the unfortunate part is, is we're truly going to get to see the short track program tested at North Wilkesboro. Yeah. I think that's going to be the true test and that's too far down the road. Yeah. It's the freaking all-star race. You know, it's, it, I mean, I hope time. they prove me wrong at Richmond. I just, I do too. When I see 
the cup cars at Richmond yeah. for the past five or six years because yeah. it's not been good. No, there's nothing that would make me happier than to see Richmond put on a hell of a show, but we'll have to wait and see. So, all right, big news out of NASCAR, Hendrick Motorsports, and call it, call it one of colleagues teams joe who's a justin haley massive massive penalties handed out for the modifications of the hood louvers these punishments were 100 percent correct and justified hit or miss the mark um definitely hits the mark last year they set the president at daytona yep first race of the year they hit brad keselowski with i think the similar similar fine it was an l2 penalty i believe yeah yeah, and then we've seen them do the same thing with Denny Hamlin at Pocono over mm-hmm. a little bit of tape underneath the wrap. So, yeah, I think it's justified. I mean, they've made it pretty clear that if you modify a part from a single-source vendor that yep. they will hand down penalties. And yep. I'm people don't him. like it because yep. it's Hendrick, but no, it, hey, they set the president last year yep. and they're rolling with yep. it. And, and that's even... Them. That's even more of a reason. Yeah, you have to do it. You can't hold back because if you do hold back, it's going to cause even more of an issue because it's Hendrick. I get it. They're your right. They're your Dallas Cowboys. I understand that, right? They're they're the they're your premier team, and that's great. That's awesome. You, that it's even more of a reason that you have to you have to hit them. Like you said, Keith, they set the precedent last year, and dude, they did that to Keselowski and it's not like Keselowski was like trying to cheat. There was a parts shortage. They were trying issue. to, they were just trying to race. Oh you know what I mean? They were just trying to have a part. So you have to do it. And they smacked them hard. You're talking about the driver points penalties, the owner points penalties, the crew chiefs all being suspended. I mean, the, the money is nothing. I mean, Hendrick, you know, Rick Hendrick, no, walks that's, 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 his, that's his petty cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's nothing. He, he That's his walk around money. But I mean, you have to do it. You absolutely have to do it. Oh, 100%. And, and it's going to hurt him. I think it's going to hurt him down the stretch. We've mm-hmm. seen it hurt Brad Keselowski down the stretch. Yep. I mean, yeah. Them are some of the fastest guys over at Hendrick. They could easily get back in the playoffs. Yeah, it didn't seem to it didn't seem to bother them. Yeah, it is going to hurt them, I think, in the long run because if you look at it, Alex Bowman fell all the way to twenty third. Yeah. Chase Elliott, he didn't really get the penalty because he's he's out. Yeah, he's out. Um, William Byron fell all the way to twenty ninth. Yeah, he's Kyle got two up. wins. Yeah, there and, goes and Lars- his, his his championship bonus points, and yep, yep, and and Larson, same thing, all the way down to thirty second. And I think who it hurts the most is Justin Haley. I didn't see where he was at in points before the penalty, but after it, he's all the way. He's in last. It's crazy to think, and we were saying this right before we went on air that Justin Haley's raced in every race so far, and Travis Pastrana and Jimmy Johnson ahead of him. Yep. So, I mean, NASCAR set the president last year. They rolled with it. I applaud them for rolling with it because, I mean, if you, if you don't set the tone now, what do you, what do you do? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you have to. So and when, when I heard that they took the louvers from, from them, I was like, e, this is not going to be good. No. Mm-mm. Now, obviously, it didn't matter much because they still went out and pretty much, you know, I mean, they ended Byron won the race. Uh, you can make the the argument that Larson dominated it. Him and Harvick, you can know uh, you could make an argument for either or in terms of who actually dominated the race. But yeah, it's at the end of the day, it, something was modified on him. Four crew chiefs out, drivers massive massive points losses and owner points losses. So and and yeah, he's like you said, they set the precedent. They had to follow through, and they did. I think this is going to hurt the nine car more than anything because now you got um, Barry and the nine working with not one new crew chief. Yeah. Now he's working with another new crew chief. So yep. I think it's going to hurt him. Uh, I was not surprised when I seen the penalties. I said, uh, I figured that was coming. Yep, absolutely. And, so. and we also seen the new safety role with Eric Almarola too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So all right, next one. 
although he has won the last two races, everybody needs to pump the brakes on William Byron already being the heavy favorite for the championship. Hit or miss the mark? I think it hits the mark. We've seen him do something similar last season, and then he plateaued and then fell off. Yes. Um, I think we just... Let's wait till the playoffs start. Let's get to the playoffs. Now he's got to worry about getting into the playoffs. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth. I I don't consider him a championship favorite. It's so early in the season. Um, before the penalty, I'd say he was probably in the talks. After the penalty, it's going to be a little tougher of a road for him. Yeah, I would say even before the penalty, um, you know, awesome on the two wins. You know, a win is a win. I'll be the first one to admit that. A win is a win. I tell this to people all the time in my community, right, in the sim racing world, because they'll say like, oh, I got the win, but it wasn't a very, you know, this competition wasn't very strong. And I'm always saying, look, no one's going to go back and look at that race and go, oh, well, you know, he's got 20 wins, but five of them, the competition, who cares, right? It doesn't matter. It's the same thing in this. No one's going to look back in this in a couple of years and be like, oh, well, Byron got him. He, he took advantage of late race cautions, right? Like no one's going to do that. But having watched the races, he's been fast, but let's not pretend like it's just been the William Byron show and everybody else is trying to catch up. All right. You have you take away a couple of cautions. Everyone's talking about Kyle Larson and Kevin Harvick as the favorites at this point in the season. That's all there is to it. Right. So take nothing away from the guy on his wins. Take nothing away from because a win is a win. And he is the one who took advantage of those situations and capitalized on it, which is what you have to do to be a championship driver. But can we not go just because he's in the 24 car does not mean he's the next coming of Jeff Gordon. Can we pump the freaking brakes? Like I, I understand in the world that we live in today that we've got to have the most outlandish, ridiculous head headline ever. Right? Like, I mean, does this put William Byron on NASCAR's Mount Rushmore? Are you fucking kidding me? He's won two races, dude. Harvick did the same thing last year. He won two races in a row. Right? Like let's relax. Okay. <laughs> he's having a great season. He's off to a good start. We're four races in. Can we at least get to halfway before we're already dubbing him the 2023 champion? I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. It's absolutely I agree insane. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, last season he plateaued. What was it? Middle of the summer, and he went non-existent. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, he somewhat showed up in the playoffs, but he he didn't make it through. Yeah. and I, I just it's so it's it's like saying the New England Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl and the season doesn't start till August. So. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I got, I, like I said, I, you, even if, if, if we had, if this penalty had not happened, because I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys react without their crew chiefs for four weeks. Cause that's huge. That is huge in terms of continuity. Cause you could have another person come in and fill that role, but you're losing Four weeks of continuity, four weeks of being able to work on that car together and make it better, right? The person that I've been the most impressed with, and to me that I, even though after this penalty and even though he hasn't won, right, is Kyle Larson. Because if you watch what they had last year, right, throughout the whole season, their biggest issue to me, right, watching it. Um, and listening to their their radio was they could never quite find the balance of the car, right? He never seemed to really have that long run balance that you look for, which is what made him so dominant the year before when he won the championship, right? He was fast in the beginning and he was fast all the way through the run. And you've been seeing that more and more these last few races where he's not just fast and then he's fallen off, right? It's not like they're, they've got to just They've got this peak and then this huge valley. He has been consistently fast over the run. Harvick too, right? And I mean, obviously, when you have a Rodney Childers as your crew chief, right? I mean, you're talking about probably top three crew chiefs in the garage. So, you know, those guys have impressed me way more, even though they don't have the wins to show it. And like I said, I don't want to take nothing away from William Byron, but those guys have impressed me even more so um, because of the speed and the consistency that they're showing. Cause I think that is the most important thing with this car. At least it is in my opinion, but oh, then again, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah, then again, I'm here at home behind a microphone. So what the hell do I know what I'm talking about? All right, moving on. <laughs> 
after admitting his contact with Ross Chastain wasn't a mistake. Danny Hamlin has been penalized by NASCAR, 25 driver points and $50,000. But this penalty should have been worse and on par with Bubba Wallace's penalty that he received last year for wrecking Kyle Larson since Hamlin, like Wallace, admitted to it. Hit or miss the mark. Oh, I think it hits the mark. I think it should have been what Bubba got. And damn it, Denny, you're 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 a vet. You've been in the Cup Series for. What, and he seven? like came out and admitted it on his podcast <laughs> or something, right? Yeah, like... <laughs> he did. Did he, he wasn't shy about it? He's like, yeah, I meant to. I meant to take him with me. Like, dude, no, don't say that. Shut up. I've got his podcast saved. I'm. I'm I, I told you, I don't listen to you know. Dell Jr. or door bumper clear. I don't listen to the racing guys till after we do ours because I don't want them to influence what we talk about. And I've got that episode marked. I'm listening to it as soon as we're done. Because <laughs> I gotta it, hear it, this. <laughs> and 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 not to turn this into the Denny show, but that podcast is actually really good. Um, I'll usually listen to that first and then later on after we're done, I'll listen yeah. to the other ones. Just because Denny doesn't really go in depth with everything. Uh-huh. I mean he does, but he doesn't. But I mean, dude, you told on yourself. Why? Yeah. Why? Knowing, knowing that your driver did the same thing last season and got the book thrown at him. Yeah. Yep. I. I think it. So here's the deal. I think it misses the mark. The reason why I think it misses the mark is because I do think context plays a role. Right. If we look at those two incidents right if you look at what happened between hamlin and chastain and then you look at what happened happened between bubble wallace and kyle larson okay and you just take those two accidents and you put them up on a screen you have people watch them simultaneously and they say okay which one is worse they're gonna point at wallace and larson all day long they're gonna be like dude that one's way worse then you throw in (laughs) then you throw in the context of what was going on in terms of all the concussions and the injuries last year right like and that's all happening at the exact same time that Bubba Wallace does that. Then you look at Bubba Wallace going after Kyle Larson across, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing in its totality. I think context matters. All right. And if, and obviously for NASCAR to not penalize Denny the way that they did Bubba Wallace, then they are looking at it in terms of, they're looking at that context. They're putting it, they're putting it into context and, and basing it off of the incident itself. That's fine. The problem is, and we've talked about this, okay, is that when you have gray area, when you open yourself up to subjectivity, it can become an issue. And so what's going to be the deciding factor to differentiate between those two, right? If you have another driver who comes out and wrecks somebody and then admits to it, right? And maybe their wreck is is not that bad. Maybe they just put someone in the wall and it actually doesn't, doesn't you know, wreck them they actually finished the race right it cost some positions but they and, finished the race are and they admit to it now are they going to get a denny penalty or are they going to get above a penalty so right. and and i agree with that yeah because i mean he really truthfully let's be honest here he didn't really wreck ross he just stuffed him in the wall a little bit it looked like to me he like he really like crashed. he lost the nose or like he was losing the nose of the car and then he was just like well if, if I'm, 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 if I'm gonna, yeah, if I'm go, if I'm yeah. gonna push up the track, I'll just take this one car with me. Like that's how it looked yeah. to me. Yeah, and I, I'm torn. Like I, I, I understand the continuity part of mm-hmm. the, the penalty stuff. That's why, man, it's I difficult, man. Change, I almost want to change my mind because it's almost like they did a whole. All right. Let's just slap him on the wrist. Don't do that no more. Yes. But I mean, to be fair, did he really pay Ross back? Not really, because uh, let's be honest, Rob Ross did far worse. He did. But he did. to Denny's defense, he never truly wrecked Ross. He he ruined his race, yeah. ruined a top 10 finish for him, and they both finished 20th or so. Yeah, they so, were. I think they were the last cars on the lead lap. I think you're playing with a double-edged sword at that point. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. But damn, Denny, don't freaking say that shit on your podcast anymore. Yeah, I got, I no, got, no, I got to listen to that. Knowing, 
that a guy of his stature and the weight that he kind of carries through the garage and through NASCAR, knowing that I could have NASCAR people listening to this, and obviously they were. Well, not only that, but how many people do you have out there? You know, one thing that is really popular, especially in the world that we list that we live in today, and I know this firsthand because I work in this space. It's 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 my business. It's how it's one of the ways that I make a living. Is content aggregation, which what people do is is they aggregate content. So instead of me going out and writing an article for a blog post, for example, on my top 10 greatest drivers of all time, instead of me going out and actually writing that and then picking 10 drivers and writing up all their stats and all their stuff like that, what I can do is is I can write a page, put a picture up, put a small little introduction section on it, right? And say, you know, here's my top 10 drivers of all time. I went all the way back to such and such date, blah, 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 blah. And then I can list off the drivers. And what I can do is, is I can link each driver's name, the section that talks about it. I could put number one, Dale Earnhardt. And then when all you do is click on it and it'll take you to somebody else's write-up on Dale Earnhardt. So now it's, it's content that I've kind of created but i'm using other people's content to pump mine up okay this is a thing that's very popular when you talked about the whole google algorithm and backlinking and stuff like that now google changes this stuff all the time so it's not as big of a deal as it used to be but we see this now with video where people will come out and what will what do they do they will show a clip or play a clip of denny hamlin talking in his podcast and then they comment on it right so they're they're all they're doing is giving you a 30 second basis of what they think. They're going to say, Denny Hamlin admits to crashing Ross Chastain, right? And then they're going to say, Here's here it is. And they'll play the clip and they'll be like, Man, I can't believe Denny said that. That's crazy. All right, join us next time, right? Like that, that's all they're doing. They're just aggregating content, adding a tiny bit of their own stuff to make it to where it basically gets through copyright and then moving on, right? If you're Denny Hamlin, you cannot admit this on your show and think for one second that it's not going to get back to NASCAR, right? Whether or not you got NASCAR people listening to it, there are a bunch of people out there who are going to be tweeting this and posting this on their Instagram and commenting on it because that's the world that we live in today. It just is, right? So Denny had to know this was getting back to NASCAR. There's no way he didn't know it wasn't getting back to NASCAR because he's not stupid. All right. He's not dumb. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I think it misses the mark. I don't think his penalty should have been on par with Bubba Wallace's. That being said, when you, when you set the precedent for gray area for subjectivity, it can get really messy. So it's going to be interesting to see when we have another one of these situations, how NASCAR handles it moving forward. All right. Our last one of the day. And we had to end with this one for my man Keith's sake. Oh boy. The late rate the late race caution that caused Kevin Harvick the race win was thrown way too early. Hit or miss the mark. I wanna say it hits the mark, but nah, it misses the mark. I mean, let's be honest, that that yellow is going to be thrown whether it was lap 200 or lap 40. Um, the car actually lost control, was thrown debris off the tire into the racing surface. So, I mean, it was justified for sure. Yes. Um, it, it sucks because I wanted Harvick to win because that's his place. That's his racetrack, and it's his last year. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is they should have a fast car the next time they go back to Phoenix and maybe the race for a championship. Yeah. Because I think Kevin Harvick has everybody's attention now because we've seen him have speed every race so far, but that four car was by far the fastest car on the long run at Phoenix. And then we seen it. I mean, we didn't see really anybody go up and challenge the William Byron's and the Kyle Larson's till Byron had an issue on a pit stop and kind of put him back and he could never really get forward again till that yellow and it sucks for sure but that was going to be a yellow weather it was 
didn't matter if it was the end of the race or the beginning. Yeah, exactly. So, yep, I'm with you, man. You can't. I mean, I'm I was sad. Don't, I, well, dude, don't get me wrong. I was too. You know what I mean? I get it. I was upset last week, right? When it cost my man the race. You know what I mean? Like I said, you take a couple of cautions away, and we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about Harvick and Larson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, to me, the the fact that we've got the fact that we've got people out there being like, oh, NASCAR's screwing over the drivers and they threw the caution way too early. That's you people who are saying that. I get it. Your, you know, your DraftKings lineup or your whatever, you know, daily fantasy lineup probably got screwed up or you were probably betting on Harvick to win the race or something along those lines. Um, because if you were being honest with yourself, there's no way that you can say that that was rigged, that it was thrown early. I get it. I watched the replay. I even, you know, Boyer up in the up in the in the box saying that was thrown pretty early. I mean, if you look at it, the dude hits while he spins, comes across the track, and yes, he's driving away, but debris is thrown. And when you're up there and you you're sitting in there and you've got your finger over the button, right? And you see somebody hit the wall and spin across the track. You're not waiting to see if they recover. You're you're hitting the caution light. You're just doing it because here's the thing. What happens if they spin across the track and he doesn't drive away? If he's sitting in the middle of the racing groove and they're like, well, crap, the leader came around and Harvick ran into Burton because we didn't throw a caution, but I thought Burton was going to drive away. Now everybody's yelling at him saying you should have thrown the caution. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. I get it. I love Kevin Harvick. I really do, right? He literally is from just a few hours away from me. Like he is a, you know, from California. I've rooted for him since he was in the Xfinity series, right? But and that's just the way it happens. And if you go back and you look at the wins that Kevin Harvick has had in his career, I bet you there's a couple that he got in the same or similar situation as William Byron did the last couple of weeks where the late race caution, Harvick takes advantage of it and gets the win. So, oh, well, I mean, you know, yeah, it's just look, racing. Look, look back to his championship year. He won the Southern 500 the same way. You got to capitalize on it. And, and I know I've seen, some people say, well, they should have took two tires. Well, two tires don't always work for everybody. Yeah. It, it paid off for Byron and, and Larson, but I mean, I got to be with Kevin Harvick. I'd rather be on offense than defense. Four is always better than two for the most part, but we're talking about Phoenix where you fan out five wide and then you're single file. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a double-edged sword like anything else. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And I know there was people like, well, if that was two weeks ago, caution doesn't come out right away, or it just, it's stupid. The uh, the arguments people try to make out of things that are really justified. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. So, all right. That is our uh, hit or miss portion of the show. I lost my train of thought there for a section. Second. For a section. What the hell? Oh, my God. Let's reset on this. That's going to do it for hit or miss today. But after the break, we will be back with our NASCAR pick'em and our GOAT of the week. So stick around. All right. So it is time for our NASCAR pick'em results. Uh Keith, you know who you had last week. You had Kevin Harvick. I'm kind of wishing I hadn't talked yeah. you into that pick. Um, I know. I kind of wish I would have saved him now. <laughs> I know, but man. So you got the win over me. You had Harvick. Harvick obviously uh, finished fifth. And I had Truex Jr. And Truex Jr. finished way lower than fifth. So you are ahead right now. Um, you've got... 35 points and I've got 25. So you are actually spanking. You got two races on me right now. So you get to pick first. So this week going to Atlanta, who do you have? Hmm. You know what? Somewhat of a super speedway race. So I'm going to go with a, a super speedway kind of guy. 
and it's not Ricky Stenhouse. I'm going to save him for later on down the road. I'm going to go with Corey LaJoy. Damn it. That was my pick. Uh, I mean, people can rag on Spire Motorsports all they want, but hey, Corey LaJoy's 15th in points. Where's Kyle Larson at? Let me scroll down here. Yeah. He's way down there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the seven teams actually been really fast every weekend so far. Um, he ran pretty good here last year, I think. Oh, yes, he did. Could have won. So yes, I'm, I'm gonna go with the uh, the LaJoy. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that was my pick, man. I was waiting for this <laughs> race to pick him because of the fact that it's, you know, not to rag on him, but the, you know, a lot of the races I don't want to pick a. I think Corey LaJoy, in my opinion, I actually think Corey LaJoy is one of the more talented drivers on the grid. I really do. I agree. If you, if you go back and you actually watch his, when he used to, you know, he came up with all these guys, right? The Chase Elliott's and the Kyle Larson's and, you know, he came up against them, Ryan Blaney and then Bubba Wallace. And he was a bad dude. Yes, he was the one whipping their asses, right? Like he was the man, you know, he's just, unfortunately, he's never had that big backing. And, I think if you were to put him in a Hendrick car, for example, I think it wouldn't be long before you would see him up there competing for wins. I truly believe I that. I really yeah. agree. I think the dude has a lot of talent. So I was really hoping I was wanting to pick him this week at Atlanta because to me, these this is a perfect opportunity for him. We saw him run very, very good here. He does obviously better at the restrictor plates because it's more of a level playing field with the car. Um, even though they've increased their speed at the mile and a half and stuff like that, this is it's still a better opportunity. So and, yeah, that's a good and, pick. And, and I'm happy to see that Chevy's starting to get behind Spire a little bit. They're they're me too. They're getting more sim time in the in the Chevy simulator. They're getting more data and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was hoping, and then this was my pipe dream. I was hoping that Hendrick Motorsports was going to call Corey and be like, "Hey, won't you fill in the nine for us?" But I. On the other side of that, I'm kind of glad they didn't because you'd lose that continuity between Corey and the seven team. Yeah, you know, well, I, I w I'm with you because they have made incredible strides. They really doing, have. He is doing in that seven car is what Michael McDowell did in the 34 last year. He is overperforming. He is showcasing that, hey, you you put me in that four car next year and I might I might be able to do something. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I, I think he's a, uh, I think he's an incredible talent and um, I would love to see him in one of those top rides. I agree. And, and Spire's come I'm, a long way over the last couple of seasons. And they have. And, yeah. and I think it's just because I'm biased. I was, I was a fan of his dad's. Yeah. Randy was always the underdog too. Yeah. You know, he was always the underdog too. So, all right. So good pick there. I am. Ah, dang, man. Kind of backed in a corner now. <laughs> that was going to be my pick, but you know what? I want to. Oof, man. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Alex Bowman. Um, I do think that, you know, this track, uh, is obviously it's just a small Daytona and Talladega. Now, um, the Chevys have obviously been fast all season. Uh, the Hendrick cars, you know, at Daytona qualified right up front. I think they're going to be up towards the front. And to be honest, I don't think the racing is going to be that great at Atlanta. I think the first half of the race is probably going to suck. It's probably going to be double file the entire time. Um, and yeah, so I'm hoping that Bowman can just qualify up front and then run up front. Because uh, I don't, I don't want to pick, I don't want to pick a Larson or a Blaney yet. I want to, I want to save those guys for the end. But yeah, so that's who I got this week. I'm gonna take Alex Bowman. So you got Corey LaJoy. I've got Alex Bowman um, in our NASCAR pick 'em. All right. So before we wrap up this week's show, we are going to do our goat of the week, which is kind of a play on the ridiculousness of the media that we live in. So we're going to do our greatest of all time for this week. All right. So Keith, who is your goat of the week? Oh, 
I'm going to go with William Byron's crew chief. He, uh, he made a gutsy call, take two tires, put William in the best position to win the race, and it paid off. Yeah. Uh, awesome pick there. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you don't win two weeks in a row. You know, no. it, it's it, 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 I being mean, a fluke, right? We talked about it. Yes, the cautions hurt Larson. The cautions hurt Harvick. But at the end of the day, they took advantage of the situation and capitalized on it. And that's what you have to do to be a championship team. So I like it. That's a good one. All right. Well, my goat of the week. I'm going to go a different route. We were talking about we were talking about her before the show started and uh I'm going to go with Jade Avedigian and I'm sure I am saying her name wrong, but she got the win in the Extreme Outlaw Midget race at uh Duquesne and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong as well. But she got the win in the Extreme Midget series and uh yeah, that's her I think that's her second second extreme midget win so um second or third i don't know she's won a couple but she won what was it last was it last week at yeah it was last weekend right yeah, yeah. The, indoor so, race. yeah yep. the indoor race uh she she got the win so i'm gonna go with her that's awesome congrats to her and uh yeah so that's our that is our goat of the week pick. So I, was, I, was, I, I like that. I was gonna pick it, but Timez was dominating beforehand. So. Yes, he was. I was <laughs> hoping he was gonna get the win. I was hoping he was gonna get the win. I would, God, I would love to see him win a freaking championship, man. I really would. I think this year will be his best shot to do it. Yeah, I, I would like to see it, man. He's just gotta have. Uh, he's got to get some more consistency man it's that freaking sheldon hodden shield season going like he'll start off hot Mm -hmm. and then it's like somebody dumps a big old gallon of water on him and he just cools off quick but so he still puts on a show whether he's running for last that's a that's a fact he always puts (laughs) on his show so but all right everybody that is going to do it for this week's episode of three wide in the middle thank you very much as always for joining us Please download, like, share, subscribe, follow, all that other good stuff. Uh, Keep helping us spread the good word. And we'll be back next week to do it all over again. So, Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully hopefully your week ends better than it started. Yeah, thanks. Uh, You you have a good weekend. And all the listeners, thank you for supporting us. I I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's it's pretty awesome that you guys uh, do that and that we get to come and do this. Uh, I mean, we would be doing it anyways because it's fun, but it's nice to actually do it for, you know, people as opposed to nobody. So thank you. (laughs) We appreciate it. So we'll be back next week. Until then, as always, enjoy this weekend's racing. Take care.